tonight. I've um, I had about three or four different topics to talk on, and the Lord gave me sort of one big one, and then he cut it, which is okay. Because then you get what he actually wants you to say. So what I titled this is, Provoke One Another. Let's provoke one another to love God, to love ourselves, and to love others. If we go to, and I'm going to do a lot in the Message Bible, and I've given Ashton down there a heads up on what we're going for. So in Hebrews 10, Uh, verses 19 to 25, and again, this is in the Message Bible. It says, So friends, how can we now without hesitation walk right up to God into the holy place? Jesus has cleared the way by the blood of his sacrifice, acting as our priest before God. The curtain unto God's presence is his body. So let us do it, full of belief, confident that we are presentable inside and out. In other words, don't be shy. We can go right into the throne room now. Let's keep a firm grip on the promises that keep us going. He's always kept his word. Let us now intervent. We can be now inter invent. Yeah, okay. We can now be encouraged in love and helping out. Not avoiding worshiping together as some do, but spurring each other on, especially as we say the day approaching. We need to, even more so in these latter days, show our love. Because out there in the world right now, there's not a whole lot of love. There's not a lot of caring. Um, I noticed the one big trend, and I guess I'm really old school because I grew up that if you're talking about, say, for instance, Marie and I going to the store, I would never say, me and Marie are going to the store. I can hear my mother's voice saying, no, it's Marie and I are going to the store. And I said, that's just a glimpse of how much we are not putting others before ourselves or provoking each other and loving each other. The other thing that we need to provoke is jealousy in the world. They need to see us and go, what? What is so cool about those guys? Provoke. Jealousy in the world and to Israel, believe it or not, to want to know what we have. So if we go to Ro uh, Romans 11, verses 11 and 12, again in the Mas Message Bible, it says, the next question is, are they down for the count? Are they out for good? And the answer is clearly clear-cut, no, we're not out for the count. We're not down. Ironically, when they walk out, they left the door, and this is referring to Israel left the door open. And the outsiders walked in. That's us. We, the Gentiles, accepted Jesus coming. Um, but the next thing you know, the Jews were starting to wonder if perhaps they had walked out on a good thing. Now, if their leaving triggered this worldwide coming of non-Jews, outsiders, to God's kingdom, just imagine the effect of their coming back. What a homecoming. Can you imagine now if the Jews came and said, you know something, there's something about this Messiah that Christians serve. 
But are we showing them the Christian, the Christ we serve? We need to provoke each other to loving each other and caring for each other. And I think sometimes we as Christians are the worst at doing it. You know? We're, we're not nobodies. We are king's kids. You know, we've got, we've got the privilege of having a life that can be, in some cases, for some of us, so different than what we've got right now. We're above and not beneath. We're the head and not the tail. Let's know who we are. This word that we have tells us who we are. We're not defeated. We are overcomers. And it tells us who, whose we are and how we are so others can see it. You know, if we're going around with the same things, you know, you talk to your non-Christian friends, you're in the world, those that work in the world, you know, oh, you know, the hurricane's coming. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? And you just say, Okay, Lord, what do I need to do? Okay, yeah, I'll put the patio furniture away and just to be a good neighbor and not have it blow over the neighborhood. And, you know, I'll, I'll be cautious about things, but I'm not going to sit here and panic. Oh, what if my electricity goes out? Oh, what, what, what about this? What about this? Because it gives us peace and comfort in the midst of a storm. You know, can we go out and say, wind be still? I tried that. Didn't necessarily work. Let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 1, please. Again, in the message, starting at verse 7. 2 Timothy 1, 7 through, and I'm going to go through to 13. God doesn't want us to be shy with his gifts, but bold and loving and sensible. So don't be embarrassed to speak up for our master or for me. And again, this is Paul. For me, his prisoner, take your share of suffering for the message along with the rest of us. We can only keep going, after all, by the power of God, who first saved us and then called us into his holy work. We had nothing to do with it. It was all his idea, a gift prepared for us. Jesus, long before we knew anything about it, but we know it now. We know it now. We know what the power of Christ is. Since the appearing of our Savior, nothing could be plainer. Death's defeated. Woo! Life vindicated in his steady blaze of light all through the work of Jesus. It's got nothing to, the only thing we have to do is believe and have faith in. So keep up your work, this faith and love rooted in Christ, exactly as I set it out for you. It sounds it's as sound as the day you first heard it from me. Guard this precious thing. Place your custody by the Holy Spirit who works in us. We've been given such an awesome gift by the Holy Spirit. Dwelling in us, leading us, and guiding us. And I think I've mentioned it before. I get up in the morning. Whoops, I just fell off. I get up in the morning. 
Okay, so I am the sound text wife. Um, I get up in the morning and I say, okay, God, what am I making for breakfast? What am I going to wear? What am I going to do? And God does lay it out. He does tell me. He tells me what to make for breakfast, what to pack in John's lunch. And some days, he doesn't tell me exactly what's going to happen. But I prepare myself for that day. And some days can be really strange. Uh, I could be out looking after uh, an older gentleman. I could get a phone call from somebody who says, um, would you be able to take me somewhere or do something? But I let the Holy Spirit lead me and guide me in that. And in doing that, I show my love for others. I, I've been blessed to be able to stay home with my kids when they were young. I remember when 9-11 happened, and all my kids' friends were coming home to empty houses. Their parents worked. And, you know, they were all latched key kids. They were coming home, house was empty. But they were, inside of them, there was fear. And my son said, welcome over to the house. I think I ended up with like five or six kids. My only quest was, let your parents know where you're at. Some of them were military kids, and they were saying, oh, they just about you know, bombing the harbor. But when you allow the Holy Spirit to work in through you, he brings a peace. And we brought peace to those kids that day, did my sons and I. So you have to have that outpouring of love and provoking that love, provoking that love within you and towards each other. It's easy to love all of you here because you're all Christians and it's great. But we have to show love out there in the world as well. Romans 8, 14, and this is in the King James. Let me see if I get there. Uh, okay. Technology is a wonderful thing when it works. Where am I at? Romans 8, 14. It says, for as many are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but we have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself bears our witness in our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs and heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. For I reckon that this suffering in the present times are not worth, are not worthy to be compared with glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creation waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. In other words, they're looking for us. You know, we talk about this, the story of um, the battle going to Jericho and how the first time the spies went into the land. And 10 of them came back and gave a, a report saying, oh, you know, we're but grasshoppers in their eyes. Come to find out later, when they're talking with uh, Rahab, Rahab's going, where you been for the last 40 years? We've been waiting in terror for you. Because they're eagerly looking for that manifestation. So we as Christians need to provoke love, provoke, you know, the Holy Spirit being used, provoke showing Christ in our life to those around us. Next, we're going to go to Romans 8, 
26 through 28, and that, again, is in the message. Meanwhile, the moment we get tired of waiting, God's Spirit is right along, helping us along, helping us along. If we don't know how or what to pray, it doesn't matter. He does our praying in and for us, making prayer out of our wordless sighs our <sighs> and our aching groans <sighs> and knowing us far better than we know ourselves, knowing our pregnant condition and keeping us present before God. That is why we can be so sure that every detail in our life of love for God is working into something Good. Something good is about to happen. Something good is in store. Hallelujah. You know, we're on the cusp. We talk about being in end times. What a wonderful time. What a glorious time to be alive, to be functioning, to be able to see the move of the Spirit even more. And it's rising up in other places. You know, there's movements all around of the Holy Spirit. And then there's some that you kind of scratch your head and say, you know, I thought you worked in the Holy Spirit. I thought you moved in the Holy Spirit. And they're not anymore. Stir, stir, stir. Stir up those gifts. Put yourself in a place where you're always praying. And, and I just heard it recently. I can't remember which preacher I was listening to at the time. Um, it was either Keith Moore or, or um, Joseph Prince or Creflo Dollar. And he said, even our groans are prayers. So have you ever had those moments when you're just going, that is a prayer. It's, that's a prayer. Um, the other thing we need to do is get quiet with God and encourage ourselves and also encourage each other. So if we go to 1 Samuel... 30, uh, verse 6 in the King James. Here we go. And David was greatly distressed, and this is the story where they hit Zigleg, they come back to Zigleg, and everything's, their families are gone, their houses are burnt down. Can you imagine coming home and everything you know was destroyed? But this is what happened with David. David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him. I don't think we've got it that bad yet. Because of the soul, the soul of all the people was grieved, and every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. In those times when you're going through some things, encourage yourself in the Lord. You know, um, praise and worship. Find songs that speak the word. They're the easiest ones. I find a lot of scripture, um, if you're doing a lot of scripture memorization, King James is really good. It just has a way of flowing. Um, but David encouraged himself, so we need to encourage ourselves in the Lord as well. And we need to encourage others. 1 Thessalonians 5.11. And again, that's in the message. 
Here we go. So speak encouraging words to one another. Build up hope. So you'll all be together in this. No one left out. No one left behind. I know you already are doing this. Just keep on doing it. So I encourage you, keep on doing it. When you were those that, that seemed to be in hopeless, encourage them. Um, you know, when you're walking with your fellow brothers and sisters in the Lord, encourage them. We're all going through stuff. We're all going through stuff. But that's it. I, um, in going through some of my stuff, it's, it's really cool. God's really cool. Um, God just dropped this in my spirit. I am who I am, not just because of what I have been through, but because of who took me through it. I am who I am, not just because of what I've gone through, but who's taking me through it. I can honestly say, if I hadn't accepted the Lord when I did, I probably wouldn't be here. Um, and John has the same testimony. It's not like our life was hard. I mean, I grew up very well. Um, I had a good life. I had wonderful parents, beautiful family. Um, there were some things that happened in my life um, that weren't pleasant. But God always had his hand on me. And then at 21, I finally made the decision to come to him. And it's a decision I've never regretted because I've gone through a lot of things since then where if I hadn't had him, um, I just wouldn't be here. And when I met John, his decision was, I met him in December, and his decision was, Lord, bring somebody into my, like, and he wasn't even a Christian. Realized he didn't know the Lord. But he cried out to God and he said, God, if I don't meet somebody by the end of the year, I won't be here for next year. I'm glad he didn't wait until the 11.55 hour or 11.55 hour, um, but we met on December 13th. And I knew, I had a dream about him that night that said, you know, he's going to be serving me, playing drums, and being a big part of the church. He didn't even know God. I did, but he didn't. So when the world looks at us, do they look at us as the body of Christ? Do we stand out for our love for each other? Or do they see us backbiting? There's a lot of that goes on. You would be surprised at how many people look at other churches and go, you know that church? They're brothers and sisters in the Lord, and we're saying this. We ought not to be doing that. Because when you're doing that, you're saying that God made a mistake when he got them saved. He didn't. Let us provoke one another to love and, the and to value. We're all different parts of the body. Not everybody's going to take the strong milk that's delivered here. And not everybody is going to be able to, you know, as long as they call upon the name of the Lord and are saved, they're part of our body. And they have important parts. Just look at us here in this building. We're renting this building from a church that's not the same as ours. 
We share it with a church that's not the same as ours, but we all get together. We're not the only ones. There's several. You look around at the body, and nowadays, because of prices of things, there's a lot of churches sharing their sanctuaries. You know, you just look around. There's still the big churches. And there's room for everybody. There is enough people in this world that we don't have to go, you know, heaven forbid, sheep stealing. We don't have to do that. But you know something? There are people out there I love to fellowship with that are Baptist. They're Anglican. Heaven forbid, they're even Catholic. Um, but they're the body of Christ because they confess Jesus as their Lord and Savior. They may not see communion the same way we do. I was amazed to find out that people fight over how you take communion. Can you imagine? You know? Well, it's this or it's that. It's do this in remembrance of. Let's remember the body. Remember the blood. But the important thing is, is that we're all part of the big body. God sees the big, big picture. So we need to be loving. And, you know, if you've got a Baptist friend who, they, they do believe in being filled in the Holy Spirit. They just aren't as far along the trip as perhaps we are. I think Pastor Gary this week posted a thing on it with um, that I thought was rather appropriate. It's like, you know, and I've seen it happen. I've seen people that have not ever been in a place where the Holy Spirit moves and people are speaking in tongues. And it is kind of like a deer in the headlight look like, okay, what did I just walk into? I don't know whether this is God or not. But the fact that they walked in, why did they walk in? They, they needed a place to come to be loved. You know, when you look at the person beside you, do you love them? I mean, if you're sitting next to your spouse, I really hope you love them. But if you're sitting next to a friend, you might not even know that friend that well. You know, we got Kim back there. How many people know her? But I love her. She's a sister in the Lord. You know, we've got, <laughs> we've got you know, Brother Searle there who just celebrated a birthday. Woohoo! You know, I love him. And I try to make a point of loving everybody. Now, that's not to say you have to be bosom buddies and let's go for lunch every Tuesday and all that kind of stuff. Or you may never spend any time with them. But if you saw them falling into a ditch, I'd like to think you would help them not fall into the ditch. You know? Um, it's often said, I'd take a bullet for you. I would take a bullet for everybody in this room. Because I know that if I was going to do that, I'd be with him. You know? But it's, it's love for one another that we need. So believe it or not, we're going to wrap this up. I'm not even going to look at time because time is nothing. So if we go to, and I'm going to go totally different here, and we're going to go to the New King James. Yay. And it's funny how certain things, it's funny how certain things read 
nicer in different translations. And I really encourage you, this year, um, it's almost the beginning, like we got a month and a half, and it's going to be the beginning of a new year. And if you've never done it, I'm going to really provoke you and encourage you to read through the Bible in a year. And you go, oh, yeah, but find a translation that you enjoy reading. Now, you could do the Passion, but the Passion has none of the Old Testament. That's okay. You could do just reading through the New Testament in the Passion Bible. That's awesome. But if you want to get that intimate relationship, I really encourage you to go through the Bible in a year. Um, I have done it in the New Living. I have done it in... I'm presently doing it in the English Standard. I have done it in the American Standard. And I have not done it in the King James. But I do do it quite often in the message because I like that intimacy that you get from the message. Um, I may try and do the Passion, but that's like juggling two Bibles, which is fine because most of it I do on my tablet. But I encourage you to do it because, A, it puts us all on the same page. So that if I got up to here today and talked about Psalm 98, and you've read through the Bible in a year with us, you go, yeah, we just read that today. Or if, you know, it, it does bring a unity. Plus, if that's all you have is five minutes in your day to read the Word, it puts the Word in you. And by doing that, you're spending time, might be just a little time, but you're spending time with Him. And as you become intimately acquainted with Him, and know his heartbeat, um, you become more content in your situations, in your circumstances, and you have things to draw on. I encourage you all. I have stacks of little books kind of like this or day timers, and I write something that became very, when I finished reading, that became very noteworthy. Oh, this or that. Um, I have done full page notes this year. I'm just doing little bitty notes, but I've been doing it for, I think, 17 years now. And I still am not a good, you know, term with me to, you know, and quote scriptures like Pastor George Moss used to be like. I still really don't do that. I rely on a lot of word looking and word searching. But I've become more intimate with knowing who he is because I've taken that time. Anyway, so we're going to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting with verse 12 of the New King James. Because it's time for uh, the unity of the love of Christ to shine in, in our Christian body. And of course, if you know nothing else about Corinthians, it talks about love. And that's why I chose the King James Version, or the New King James, because it talks love instead of charity. So, where are we going here? 12, 12. For as the body is one and has many parts, but all members of that body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit we are all baptized into one body, whether Jew, Greek, whether slave or free, and have been made to drink into one spirit, whether we be Baptist or Anglican or, you know, when they call upon the name of the Lord, Salvation Army, any of those, 
we're called into that one body. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I am not of the body, is therefore not, is there therefore not of the body? If the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, would, where would be the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God has set the members, each of us, in the body, just as he pleases. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? But now, indeed, there are many members, yet one body. We're part of a bigger body. We may not be really good at doing um, food bank stuff, but that gives us no reason not to support those that are. Because that's their gift, that's their calling, that's their talent. Just go down a few lines, down to chapter 13. Yay, the love chapter. And I'm about to wrap this up. Chapter 13, verse 1. Though I speak with tongues of men and of angels, but not, have not love, I have become sounding brass or clanging cymbals. And though I have the gifts of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith, interesting, though I have all of those things, so that I could move mountains. Though it's talking about us here because we can move mountains. But have not love. I'm still nothing. And though I bestow all my, good, my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my, give my body to be burnt but not have love, it profits me nothing. We don't have to do all of these things, but in all these things we have to have love. And then if we go down to, of course, the final conclusion of all this in verse 13, and now abides faith, hope, love. These three, but the greatest of these is love. The greatest of these is love. I really encourage you in these days ahead, because it's only going to get worse. It's not going to get any better. To make sure you're walking in love. That we know where God's taking us and walking us. And leading us. Amen. We hope this message has encouraged you in your relationship with the Lord. For more information and ministry resources, we invite you to visit our website at www.newcovenantchurch.ca. We look forward to you joining us next time as we continue to live victoriously.